You have your Bible? If you have your Bibles tonight, we're interested in the book of Mark, chapter number one. I want to begin reading tonight in the 29th verse. I'll ask you to stand to your feet, Mark chapter one, and verse number 29. Uh, the Bible says, and forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. That's the reading of Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 31, if correctly read. And from this passage, we want to preach on Jesus cares for those in despair. And he does. Father, would you help us tonight to preach the word of God? Would you fill us, Father, with your wisdom of your spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost and help us to point people to Jesus? Help us tonight, Lord, I pray as we study the word that you might show us something that would help us, something that would encourage us from the scriptures. Lord, may it be done by your power and your authority. And for this I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. I thank you for standing tonight. So when we're studying through the book of Mark, we notice that on in verse number 21, they've gone to Capernaum to the synagogue, and we're going to spend a day with Jesus. And when Jesus got into the synagogue at Capernaum, immediately as he started teaching and preaching the word of God, an unclean spirit that was inside of a man was very uncomfortable and he cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And the Lord Jesus Christ rebuked that unclean spirit, said, hold thy peace and come out of him. And immediately the spirit was cast out. What does Jesus do? Spend a day with Jesus? He'll be calling his disciples. Spend a day with Jesus, he'll be clearing away their doubts. Spend a, way, spend a day with Jesus, he'll be counseling with his doctrine. Spend a day with Jesus, he'll be casting out the demons. Spend a day with Jesus, right after the synagogue service, he comes there to the house of Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and when he gets there, he shows that he cares for those that are in despair. And all these examples are portraying the authority of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has authority over every single area of your life and of mine. And his authority is sovereign over, over supernatural, over the natural. It's, it's, it's sovereign over temporal or over things that are eternal. He's sovereign over the weather elements. He's sovereign over all things. We know uh, that Jesus is sovereign over distance. There's a there's a, a passage in Scripture where the, the centurion's servant was sick and Jesus comes down the road to go visit him and lay hands upon him. And the centurion saw him come and he said, listen, I'm not worthy that you would come under my roof, but if you would speak the word only, my servant would be healed. And Jesus transcends time. Jesus transcends eternity. Jesus transcends distance. And immediately that man was recovered because of the faith that he had placed in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Think about casting your net on the right side. They had fished all night, taking nothing. And the Lord said, at his word, the authority of his word, cast the net on the right side. And they had so many fishes, they couldn't even draw them in. I'm telling you, he is sovereign over every single area of our life. In fact, he's sovereign over death. So number one tonight, I want us to see a couple of things. Number one, let us see the immediate entrance. Verse 29 again says, forth with, and forth with. The word and, a conjunction, catapulting us forward, showing us the rapid acceleration and the ceaseless activity of our Lord's ministry. He doesn't have a day to lose. He doesn't have an hour to waste. He doesn't have a second to burn. The Bible says forthwith. That word means immediately, straightway, promptly. Note the pace and the press of Jesus' ministry. And I got a question. Does that word immediately, does it describe you? Lord dealt with me and said, when I speak to you, do you stand up and testify immediately? When I speak to you, do you share the gospel with those that you see immediately? When you're in the service and the preacher preaches and the Holy Ghost puts his finger on some area of your life, do you respond immediately? Am I quick to step forward and speak up? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. He says in Proverbs 27, 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. What God has for us to do today needs to be done immediately. What God has for us to do today needs to be done without procrastination. Hello. Today is God's day. Preacher Darren, tomorrow will be God's day too. Hey, tomorrow, tomorrow may be too late. You better act while the Lord's dealing with you today. Do not postpone what God wants you to do today. So, the Bible says forthwith, immediately, when they were come out of the synagogue, as soon as they left that, that service, casting out the demon, preaching the word of God, they're headed back towards Simon Peter's house and Andrew lived with him. The Bible says that Jesus entered in to the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now they're in Capernaum. It's on the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee where those men had been fishers and the Lord called them to preach. And as soon, just like us, as soon as we have church service, we want to go back home and have something to eat. So notice with me that the Lord Jesus, as soon as synagogue service is over, he's with Simon and his brother Andrew, James and John, they go back to the house, probably getting ready to have a delicious meal. And that's when we see point number two. We see the immediate encounter. Verse 30. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever. As soon as they entered that home, they encountered a dire emergency. Expecting to go home and to have a delicious feast... Instead, they're facing a delirious fever. Instead of going home and having joy and fellowship, they go home to the seriousness of sickness. Have you ever done that? Simon Peter, we know that he's married. And he's got a mother-in-law that lives with him. More than likely, she is a widow lady. The Bible says that she lay sick of a fever. That means... This word, it means to be thrown down. It is to be cast down to the point that you 
cannot get up. This fever has thrown her down. This fever has overcome her. This fever has cast her down. Now, I want to read a parallel passage in the book of Luke chapter 4. And we're going to go back and forth. So hold your place in Mark 1 and find Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 38. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. Let's stop right there. Mark says that she lay sick of a fever. She's been cast or thrown down. All right, Seth, you're going to be my guinea pig. Come on up here, son. This fever has grabbed a hold of you and you're sick and it's thrown you down. Then Luke, what was Luke's career choice? He's a beloved physician. The Bible says Luke's words led of the Holy Ghost that a great fever had taken her, right? That word taken means that it's overwhelmed and holding. The word taken means something is holding you against your will. It's cast you down, and when you try to get up, it's holding you in that place. All right, you can sit up for now. Now stay right there. So there's Brother Seth. He is laid down by a fever. He's being held there. He is taken, and Luke... Use the word great. In the Greek, it is the word megos. It is the word great. It is a superlative to describe how serious, how, uh, how much fever that this lady had. This lady had a great fever. What is great to the Holy Ghost and what is great to me are two different things. If I get a little fever, it's great to me. But this was a huge fever that this lady has. I mean... She is very, very sick, being held against her will. So when I think about this fever, now you've had a fever before. And when you get a fever, it causes you just to feel terrible. You're unable to rise. This woman can't get up now and she has no strength of her own whatsoever. She's absolutely, positively too sick to get up. Her body being held by the grip of fever. Her face is flush. Her eyes are sucking in, her tongue is parched, her throat is dry, weakness has overtaken her. Her body sweating profusely, her body severely aching, no energy, fatigue, high temperature. High fever which brings thirst which cannot be quenched. Dehydration and the possibility of death. She's too miserable to go about her normal life. She's in extremely serious condition. She's suffering, and it might be considered, and probably was, life-threatening. This woman is desperate. This woman is in despair. And the day and age in which she lived, in Capernaum, primitive times, there's no remedy. There's no cure. There's no medicine. They don't have Advil. They don't have Motrin. They don't have Tylenol. What is she going to do? More than likely, she can die because of this serious situation. Here's Jesus and his four disciples. They've gone to the synagogue. They've gotten victory, triumph, and here they have come home and Peter's mother-in-law is laying sick of this fever. No doubt this woman would have loved to have been in the synagogue service. 
She would have loved to have been there to see the demons on the run. She would have loved to have been there to hear the preaching of the word of God by Jesus. She would have loved to have been there with Simon Peter and, and Andrew and all the others and, and hear the word of God being taught and, and the songs and people singing holy, holy, holy. But she couldn't go. She's too sick. And you may say, Preacher Darren, when I compare uh, this man that had an unclean spirit and her having a little fever. Now, honey, she didn't have a little fever. Luke said she had a great fever. And this fever had taken her. It was holding her down against her will. Number three, we're going back to Mark. Seth, you stay right there. We're going back to Mark chapter one, back to verse 30. Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, comma, and anon, they tell him of her, anon. That means immediately, that means straightway again, but it also means all at one time. Everybody in the house, can you imagine, here she was sick, Jesus come walking in the door, and as soon as he comes in the door, everybody goes, all eyes on Jesus. I don't tell you something, you'll do well to get your eyes on Jesus. Their eyes are not gonna be on the mother-in-law, yes, she's sick, but their eyes are on Jesus. Uh, they didn't have to tell her about her condition. She already knew. They didn't have to tell anybody else in the house. No reason to gossip about it. They already knew. Somebody go tell Jesus. Well, preacher Darren, he already knows. That's exactly right, he does. That's why he's there. He knew while he was in the synagogue service, when he threw the demon out, he was saying, hurry up, boys. We got to go. I'm fixing to go over there and heal your mother-in-law. Thank God for it, amen, because he cares for those of us that are in despair. And the Bible says anon. Immediately, they told him about their condition. Now, some of you, uh, you may give a, be in an invitation sometimes here at the church, and maybe there's some people around, four, five, 15, or 20, down praying, everybody praying at the same time. You may think, man, that's just, I can't, I can't comprehend it, I can't understand it. But let me tell you something, honey. You don't bother Jesus when you're calling on him 20 at a time, when you're calling on him 2,000 at a time, he knows all about it, amen. He heard every single one of their requests individually. He knows what the need is, amen. It is an immediate, number three, an immediate entreaty. Now, let's look at Luke, at what Luke said. Luke chapter four, look what he said about this immediate entreaty. Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. She's got a great fever. She's being held against her will. There, there's a semicolon there and it says, and they besought him for her. Besought, what does that mean? Uh, they, they knew her condition was beyond human ability to heal. Her condition was beyond human assistance and they besought him. They, you know what, tonight you're given the greatest gift that you're given outside of salvation is the ability to pray one for another. And they're beseeching Jesus. They are praying, seeking his face on her behalf. They're making intercessory prayer. Tonight we had a prayer list that we mentioned. Honey, who are you praying for? Are you entreating the Lord Jesus Christ for others in your life? The Bible says, casting all your care upon him because he careth for you. Pray and seek in God's face, amen. Back to Mark chapter one, number four. What happened when they made this immediate entry and this immediate, uh, this immediate encounter and this immediate entreaty? What happened? Verse 31 says, and... In other words, there's our word again, catapulting us forward. And he came and took her by the hand. Now, fourthly, the immediate empowering. Now, I like this. Jesus 
heard the petitions of those that were beseeching him, of those that were interceding on her behalf. Jesus heard. Well, of course he did. He's in the room with them. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Without a moment to lose, my Bible says that Jesus came to where she was. Now think about it for a second. Jesus has just walked in the door. I'm sorry, I've got to walk way over here. But Jesus has just walked in the door with, her, with his four disciples and immediately this whole crowd is telling him, beseeching him. He can't even get two or three steps in the door, I can just imagine. And she's laying over there on the bed, laying over there on the couch. She can't even get up. Honey, hear me. She could not get to where he was. She has no strength. She has no ability to get to where he is. So he moved everybody out of the way and he came to where she was. On July 13th, 1978, a man of God, Brother Percy Ray, was preaching. I fell under conviction, needing to be saved. I stepped out of my pew. I made my way down the aisleway. My knee buckled between the front rows of that church. Nobody in the altar. And there I was, by myself. 300-something people standing there. And here I was, a podunk nobody. My daddy come walking down behind me, and he said, Son, what's wrong? Daddy knew. I said, Daddy... I need to be saved, but I didn't make it. See, I thought you had to be in the altar. He said, what do you mean you didn't make it? I said, Daddy, I didn't make it. I, I couldn't go any further. The weight of sin or, or the guilt of my sin or something paralyzed me. I could not get to where he was. He put his hand on my back. He said, well, son, I've got good news for you. He's come to you. <laughs> hey, hallelujah. When I, Lord, I could shout right there, amen. When I could not come to where he was, he came to me when I couldn't get halfway, when I get I couldn't move at all. I was a sinner, paralyzed, gripped with a fever of sin, and I could not move. And Jesus came to where I was. Thank God for it, Amen. I stay here in Mark. The Bible says, "No, let's move. Let's move. Let's move." Luke chapter four. Now I'm thinking about this. He knows what she. He, he's. You may say, preacher, Darren, he's come for a meal. No, honey, he's come for a miracle. He's come to do a miracle. Luke, Luke, the beloved physician, watch what he says. I like how he says it. Verse 39. Now they besought him, and verse 39 says, and, there's our, our conjunction, catapulting us forward, and he stood over her. Woo! I like that. You, you know, a doctor has bedside manner. Amen. The miracle worker, the son of God, came and stood right beside her bed where she was laying there, gripped, with this terrible fever. May I say tonight, amen, he still stands by us. He stands with us. He stands above us. He stands underneath us. Moses says, underneath are the everlasting arms, amen. And if you're saved tonight, amen, he stands inside you. When old Paul, when he was thrown off in the jail cell down there, he was getting ready to die, he said at my first answer, no man stood with me, no man. He said, Lord, don't let it be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Honey, when nobody else will stand with you, the Lord Jesus Christ will stand with you. Amen. He's standing over. And the next words there in the book of Luke, I think it says, and he rebuked the fever. Rebuked. He spoke to it. 
He said, fever, be gone, or whatever it was he said. He rebuked the fever. Hey, do you know who he is? He was standing one time in the middle of a storm on the boat, and when the winds and the waves were crashing against him, he said, he rebuked them. He said, peace, be still. And the winds calmed down. And the boisterous sea was tranquil because Jesus rebuked them. Hold it down, he said. Peace, be still. Honey, when he was at the synagogue, he rebuked the unclean spirit and said, go out of him. And the demons had to flee, amen. I'm telling you what, the Lord, he's in the rebuking business and he stands by and he says to the sickness that's so severe, that's life-threatening, he says, be gone, glory to God. Glory to God. And he said, look what he says. Luke, Luke says, not only did he rebuke it, but Luke says, it left her when he rebuked it. But I like what Mark says. Look at Mark, go back to Mark. Mark says, he came, all right, so he comes there. He stands by the bed. He rebukes it, fever be gone. What's the Bible say? He took her by the hand and lifted her up. Now the word took, you can sit down now. Thank you, son, for helping me. The word took, it's a Greek word that means krateo. That's, that's the word. And this is what it means. It means to take someone by force and to lift them or to take their circumstances and pull them from their circumstances. He rebuked the fever and he lifted her. He took, listen, he took over. He is sovereignly able and he has the authority to just take over any situation. I don't care what it is, amen. He is sovereignly in control. Thank God for it. With tender compassion, he put his hand upon her and he took over and lifted her out of that condition. Now, I was reading in the Old Testament about rabbis are not um, allowed to touch a woman. Especially a woman with a fever. She's considered unclean. But Jesus doesn't let what public opinion says dictate what he's going to do. He took her from her fever. Oh, glory to God. Now, I like this. He has controlled his word. And Mark chapter one, verse 31 says, and he lifted her up. May I say he'll, mm, Seth, come back. Come back. Come back. Now, just, just, just don't lose this illustration. The fever has cast her down. The fever is holding her down all around. And the Lord comes, stands over, and he rebukes the fever, and he lifts, takes by the hand, lifts her up out of that fever. Now, now just think about what's just happened. He's come and lifted her from that which was holding her down. I'm talking to somebody now, there's something, maybe it's not a fever, maybe it's a something, and man, it's holding you down. It's holding you back. You're like, just let me out of my, but it's holding you down. Jesus came to take over and release you from what's holding you down. He's in the lifting business. I was reading in the Psalms, you thank you. I was reading in the Psalms where it says, 
that he's the lifter up of my head. He'll lift you from what's pressing you down. He'll lift you from what's defeating you. Hey, all you gotta do is call on him, amen? He's in the lifting business, may I say? The Bible says in Psalms chapter 40, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. That means he lifted me out of a horrible pit. To lift me out of a horrible pit means he's gotta come to the horrible pit where I'm at. He got in it with me. And when he stood beside her with that fever, honey, he, preacher there, and I just don't know. I mean, did he have any Purell? Did he have any of that Santa hand sanitizer? I mean, this, this just, honey, I'm telling you, immediately, instantaneously, he lifted her up. And look what happens here. Look, look at this. Mark, we're gonna stay here, Mark. Mark says that immediately, instantaneously, promptly, the fever left her and she ministered unto them. What's that mean? The word is diakoneo. It means to serve, to attend to others' needs. It means to distribute. It means to provide. You know what she did? She went right back to serving the Lord. Think about it with me. Preacher Darren, wait a minute. She has had a fever, and you know how it is when you get a fever. It usually takes you, how long does it take you to get over it? A day, three, a week to get over that fever you've had? Honey, she didn't need any time for recovery. He restored her to service immediately. Immediately. You got hurt, didn't you? You bitter about it? You're actually mad what they said about you in the family. You're upset because some words of a text. You're upset because some letter that was sent. You're upset because of some conversations that you feel like have taken place behind your back and you're hurt. You're mad, to be honest with you. To tell you the truth, you, you're a little bit hot under the collar. You got a fever. You're burning up. And that fever's caused you not to be able to be used of God. It's distracted you. Your focus is on, let me tell you a few things about this. You're mad. And you do well to be mad. But the Lord's come by and said, I'm standing by you and I want to take that fever from you. I want to lift you from this situation. I want to fix it in your life. I want to restore you back to a place of service. And I want you to go back to serving immediately. Honey, he can do it. If you'll let him. Now, Peter's mother-in-law, he could have reached down his hand and she could have said, No! No, like Baptists do. No, don't touch me because I do well to be angry. I do well to be upset. Richard Darren, you're getting a little bit off track. No, I'm telling you something's got you. The word fever is the word that means hot, burning up. Something's got your spirit burning up. You're being out of shape. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you the Lord wants to heal you and honey, he can restore you. And may I say this tonight? You may say, Preacher Darren, that woman that got healed, she went right back to service. Now, she, you're telling me she's serving cornbread and green beans and tomatoes? Is that what you're telling me that she's doing? Yeah. Well, wait a minute, Preacher Darren, did she wash her hands good? Because she's had a fever. She's, she's had the vid, man. She might have had COVID. And we need to make sure, she, let me tell you something, honey. What Jesus has cleansed, what Jesus has restored, you need to restore, Amen. 
And when you, listen, well, listen to this, this is a good way to know, I wrote this down, this is a good way to know that you've been restored. You go right back to serving, right back to serving others. Jesus first, then others. She served out of gratitude. She's cheerful, not chiding. She's cured, not cursing. She's committed, not complaining. She's content, not contrary. She's confessing, not conflicted. She's comforting and not combative. Do you see the immediate empowering the Lord gave her? Number five, and I'll be done. In this text, I also see some immediate encouragement. In this story, we see four things real quick. We see the portrait of a sinner. This mother-in-law that's helpless with this fever and is without strength. The Bible says in Romans 5, 6, when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. She is a picture of every one of us in sin. Secondly, there's a picture here of the prayers of the saints. Do you see it? How they all besought Jesus. How they were interceding to the Lord on this sinner's behalf and how Jesus heard them. Thirdly, do you see the power of the Savior? He has power to lay down his life on an old cross. He has power to take it back again. He has power over supernatural. He has power over the natural. There's not anything too hard for him. He has power to lay hold on a fever and take her from it. He has power over death and he has power to defeat it. He has power over the authority of sin. Now I want to read, well, you're in Luke, right? You still got it, I hope. Luke chapter four and I'll be done. Luke chapter four and verse number 39. He stood over, he rebuked the fever and it left her and immediately, I like what he says, she arose. <laughs> he arose too. The proof of salvation is that a sinner dead in trespasses and sins that Jesus gives you life and you're a new creature. You arise. And she went out and began to minister unto them. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away and behold, all things are made new. I'll give this illustration and I'm done. Kind of change the thought process just a little. I was at the nursing home visiting some of our people and I was finished for the evening, I thought, hungry to go home and get some cornbread, walking up the hallway and the Holy Ghost just went and just, just stopped me in the middle of the, and pushed me into a room. Preacher, he'll not do it. He did it right over there to me, right down that aisle the other day. He turned me to go around. He turned me around and go back to the pulpit. He stopped me. I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit just stopped me. So I want you to go in this room. And I went in. And this little lady, she, she, was, she was bent over. She had pills up behind her back. She just looked up at me like this. And I said, good evening, ma'am. I said, do you think the Lord could just stop you and tell you to walk into a room and talk to somebody you don't even know? She said, I do. I said, well, I feel like the Lord sent me in here to talk to you tonight. She says, I expect he did. Because I've been praying tonight. I said, you've been praying? She says, I was lonely. And she said, I said, Lord, would you send me a visitor? And she said, look, he sent me a preacher. I seen her Bible. I said, I said, what's your name? She said, it's Carrie. I said, Miss Carrie, 
that Bible, have you ever read it? She says, at least 12 times through and through. I mean, the pages were exhausted and were worn out. And I said, do you believe that Bible? She said, I do. I visited with her for a few minutes, prayed with her, and I left. And, and it got to where that every time I went, I'd stop by and see Carrie. In fact, I got so much confidence in Carrie that she adopted me as her grandyoungin. And I asked Miss Carrie, and I've never told you, I've asked Miss Carrie, I said, Carrie, I, I've come here to pray for you, but to be honest with you, every time I leave here, I get so much help. I'm going to ask you to pray for me. She said, I always do, son. I went, I went over to her bedside. I took her by the hand. And man, she began to pray, and the tears just fell off her face, running down my neck. You may say, ooh, that's great. Oh, honey, that was a power of the Holy Ghost. That was love. People pouring out their hearts on my behalf. Thank God for it. I went to see her. And she said, son, she said, I don't even know if I'm saved. I said, what? What, Miss Carrie? What? She said, well, I'll tell you why. I said, I want to know why. She said, I'm afraid. I said, why are you afraid, honey? She said, I'm afraid to die. I said, you're afraid to die? She said, I am. I've read that Bible and I've trusted the Lord. I said, then you're saved. She goes, I am, but I'm so afraid. She said, what do you think will happen? She said, sometimes they have to give me that oxygen to keep me from smothering. And she said, I don't want to smother to death. I don't want to smother to death. And I said, Carrie, I believe there'll come a night that you'll probably just lay down in your bed and he'll come by and stand over your bed and he'll just take you by the hand and he'll just lift you. You see, he's come to take over. Death can't stop him. He'll just lift you right out and shoo, you're going to be home to glory. She said, will you pray for me about that? I don't want to be afraid. Man, we prayed that night and I left. The next day, her family called me. I said, Grandmama died last night. I said, what? I'll be right there. The altar? Yeah, through. I got there. I said, what do you think? The nurse said, well, it appears that she just put her house coat on and she laid down on top of the bed on her covers she didn't have our oxygen in at all. And she laid her hands down and cupped them just like this. And she's let, and in my opinion, I think the Lord just come took her. She, no smother, no struggle. She just took her last breath here and she took her first breath there. I just want to say tonight that death can't hold us back. We don't have to be afraid. Jesus is going to come lift us from this veil of tears. <laughs> He'll rebuke the fever. He'll rebuke death. He'll rebuke the sickness. He'll rebuke that thing that holds you back, honey. You just let him have his way. I know it's strange, but I just want to say this. Jesus cares for those that's in despair. You stand to your feet. Seth, won't you come play? They may be somebody might say, Lord, you're in the lifting business. They're, you're in the taking business. Lord, there's some things I need you to take.
There, there's some things I want you to grab a hold of. Lord, I want you to lift me from this veil of tears, this, this distress and sorrow, God, that I'm in right now. Just like you did it for Simon's mother-in-law. Lord, would you help me? Maybe they somebody not you need comfort. I'm telling you, you need comfort. Why don't you just come to him and say, Lord, I'm distressed. I need your comfort. I need your encouragement. Lord, I need it. Come tell him. Father, tonight as I bow my head, Lord, I give you praise and honor. I thank you for the scriptures. I thank you for the Savior. God, the scriptures, as I study them, they're so alive. Lord, they speak so vividly to our hearts. God, thank you for caring in the middle of our despair, in the middle of our sorrow, in the middle of our distress, in the middle of our desperate, difficult days. Lord, I believe that you can come stand right by us. You can lay your hand upon a fevered brow. You can take us by the hand. And God, that thing that's pulled us down, you can lift us right above it. And we can leave it behind, Lord. Leave it in its chains. Leave it in its misery. <laughs> and have victory and triumph and peace. And God, I pray tonight you'd give us the grace to do so. Lord, I love you. I thank you for the text. I thank you for Jesus. For what he means to my soul. For his sweet salvation. I praise you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Woo. Hallelujah.